What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. $2 late fee. You have one new message. Hey, Zach and Dustin. This is Crew Jones here. Listen, I'm looking for a sponsor and maybe $2 late fee might be the ticket. So uh, let's walk this sucker. Go balls out. And if I try to qualify, will you be there? You know those guys who think they know everything about a movie without having to go on the internet to look it up? That's us, but maybe only for the years 1981 through mid-1989. No, I'd say late 1978 through early 1992. <laughs> Either way, we know movies, and even more specifically, we know soundtracks from those movies. Yeah, this is $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. This is the podcast where we pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it still holds up today. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Thanks for listening. On to the show. His name is Crew. Hey, good looking. BMX is his world. Rad is his way of life. The world would be a lot better off without kids. We're here for the biggest and most important bicycle motocross event ever held. Hell track. He's got the style. There's something about the way you ride so naturally. And he's going to prove it. I've never seen such raw determination and talent in one kid. Against the factory hotshots. Looks like the local yokel's gonna race after all. He's going for it all. Rad. John Farnham is a god. John Farnham is a god. Oh my god. It's... Oh my god! Oh my god, I mean, John! Farnham I feel like we're going to spend more of this episode talking about John Farnham than we are going to be talking about Rad because because we talked about Rad with our upcoming guests, Bill Allen. Two weeks from today, Bill Allen will be on Two Dollar Late Fee talking about Crew Jones from the movie 1986 Rad. I, I don't know what this voice is, but I love it. It's like a like I don't a, like I don't need new, that. like a newsy. <laughs> like like an old like a Hello, like a newsie that is aged out from the job. Extra extra. Bill Allen <laughs> will be on two dollar late fee. That could be a, a thing. It'd be we like, start doing. Uh, wait, cut. Can we do that again? Why, why are you putting on the voice? I don't know what voice you're talking about. This is me. This is my <laughs> normal is voice. No, no. You just came in here with a different accent. This is how I talk. No, you, you're from New York. Why are you selling me, trying to sell me a newspaper from the 20s? It's so weird. <laughs> That's, what do you mean? 2021. Can you just do, what the, do, you mean? Yeah. do the Toyota ad? What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, Buy Toyota now. It, you know, in two weeks, Bill Allen will be on $2 late fee. Catch it if you can. Ooh. Um, well, I guess I was, I'm channeling, uh, <laughs> I'm channeling, I'm channeling uh, Mr. Hand, you know. Mr. Hand, he's got a little bit of a like 1920s uh, vibe in this. I don't know what he's riding around on his bike with his 
I'm talking talking about Ray Walston, of course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is it? Burton Burton Timmer. Burton Timmer. Burton Timmer. Because he's riding around on his bike and hello boys, hi. I'm gonna flip you off. <laughs> yeah. So it's Rad Day, huh? It's Rad Day. We're talking about Rad. Everybody, welcome. Those of you that are listening, you know that we are an 80s movie podcast. We are an 80s movie interview podcast every two weeks. And uh, welcome, 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 if you're just joining us. And um, and thank you. Uh, we usually cover a movie. We usually cover a soundtrack. And then two weeks later, we interview somebody involved in the movie, be it an actor, be it a director, be it a writer, be it a composer. And as Zach mentioned, we've got Bill Allen Crew Jones himself coming up in uh, two weeks. We really appreciate everybody's support. We recently launched a Patreon, and I just want to get it out of the way that if you join one of our Patreon tiers, we have so much content. I don't even know what to do with it. It's like it's it's so it's so yeah. unique. It's so good. It's just out there for the taking in the universe. We have a handful of wonderful patrons already, but I just want to just want to invite everybody. If you support us on Patreon, you really not only you know help keep the show going because uh, there are various uh, overhead items. You help us help create the show, and we thank you, and we invite you. And I've rambled on for like 30 seconds more than I wanted to. So if there's anything you want to add about that, please do. And if not, let's get to rad. Well, I, I was just going to say really quickly because yeah, we have so much great content on there and it's all catered to everything that we're already doing on the podcast itself. We've got tales from the video store, very entertaining tales from Dustin and myself in our video store days and special guests that we'll be bringing on from time to time. Um, the, the, what does Dustin know? Trivia questions is always really entertaining. And especially for people like maybe going, he didn't know that or, Oh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that he didn't know that so far. It's kind of been that way. <laughs> um, why does Zach own this? The the weird things that I own, like why the hell does he own a copy of Dolph Lundgren's workout video at, at 45 years old? Like, why does he have that? And, or more to the point, like, Hell yeah, he has that. Um, you know, and then we ways. have our our it goes but it goes both ways, literally both and figuratively. Ways. Um nope. and then we've got the segment with our celebrity guests, the two dollar six questions, which is super entertaining. Everybody from Annabeth Gish and Jesu Garcia, Richard Horowitz and Dean Cameron, and now Bill Allen will be coming up in the following month. Um by the time this episode airs, uh Richard and Dean's Two dollars six questions will be up, and it's very entertaining. Uh, just go check it out, check it out, and then obviously the highest tier. We make a mix CD for you every six months. You get a specially curated mix CD with ten tracks that are uh, in vein with the show. Either either songs we've talked about on the show or songs that are connected to the show in some way. Um, it's really good, and we spent a lot of time on it. So, yeah, just go check it out for, for as little as $2. I feel like Sally Struthers. For as little as $2 a day, you can provide a <laughs> meal for a little child in Bangladesh. Well, we're not little children in Bangladesh, but what we are are a couple of dudes who want to keep bringing more joy to your lives. And and you know what? Um, 
You give us joy by supporting us, and we'll give you joy by keeping that content flowing. Very, very well said. And if I close my eyes, I was like, is Sally Struthers on the other end of this podcast? I mean, I go from a 1920s taka to Sally Struthers. It was great. So Yeah, I should get paid for that or something. (laughs) um, You should. You should. You can invoice um, Sally's agent. Sure. It uh, well, that reminds me of the time when I <laughs> was with an agent and uh, and I had an acting coach say, well, tell them that you do a voice match for SpongeBob. <laughs> and oh, so I was with this agent and I'm like, oh, she's like, anything else you want to say? I'm like, yeah, I do a, a spot on voice match for SpongeBob. And she's like, well, you know who does a spot on voice match for SpongeBob? And she and I said, no, she's like Tom Kenny. So and he's yeah, doing SpongeBob. just fine. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, true. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. that's like the last thing you want to tell. I know uh, an agent, which is so funny to me, because yeah, it's like, yeah, not to digress about that. I don't know. <laughs> no, we don't, don't need to. But I'm going to spend like 30 minutes, and then you're going to be like, "What the? F- we didn't." But then I do rat. it for kids, and they're like, "Oh, that just sounds like SpongeBob." I'm like, "Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks." <laughs> great. And you charge the kids a lot of money, and I do residuals um, if they if they yeah. say my name, I charge them a dollar. Yeah, and they're like, "Wait a minute, it's not union anymore." <laughs> um, yeah. Like nothing's union. Eighty percent of the work is is non-union, so you get nothing. You get a session fee. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Um, but but rad, you're right. Rad is a, is the topic of the day. <laughs> Way to bring it back. Yeah, I'm trying. Rad is the topic of the day, and um, my God. So so this movie we talked about briefly in uh in our in a previous episode, our top five all time favorite sports soundtracks if you haven't checked that one out please do so because it's really entertaining um that was the pre-episode to our interview with vince DeCola. but mm-hmm. but this this movie got brought up on that episode and we said we will get to it down the road um turned out down the road was faster than we thought because i didn't realize we were going to be able to book bill allen on our show crew jones uh, to talk about his career, and he does very much so, uh, not just about Rad, but every other aspect of his career. And I was excited to watch it. So obviously, Dustin and I watched the movie when we, uh, you know, we were doing one of those Zoom watch movie things, which is not nearly as fun as hanging out and being in the same mm-hmm. room together and eating mm-hmm. popcorn no. and shit like that. But um, no. we did. We watched it together, and, you know, Later in the episode, I want to talk a little bit about the the, the eventual Blu-ray that came out of this out out for this movie. Um, but we watched it, we laughed, we cried. Clearly, unfazed by the fact that Lori Laughlin used to have, we just before we knew too much about her, <laughs> and uh, she tried to ruin academia for everybody. Um, this movie is it, it holds a really special place in my heart. Like I used to watch it all the time as a kid, and I remember there was a cool bike track near my house called uh, Calabasas Park, and they had a BMX bike track, and I had a silver mongoose, and I would take my mongoose down there. And I was not very good, but my brother was really good at BMX biking, and I was inspired by this. This movie inspired me to want to be like a BMX kid, you know. Um, so there's a yeah. lot of nostalgia with this film. It, it's it's BMX cheesy. Bandit. Yeah, like a BMX bandit. Um, it's cheesy at times for me. I get it. But, you know, overall, I, I still love the hell out of this film. So this film came out in 86. It did not do well. Uh, nope. It actually got, like, panned. 
Um, yep. And it wasn't even like that. You can't even call this like a cult movie because it didn't. It like it has a second life, but it's not one of those movies even that it. It's almost like it. It's it has a second life within a specific culture. Like this caught on in like bootleg fashion amongst BMXers, like what you're mentioning. Yes. You know, go down to the track. You're gonna watch this movie. For most of mainstream America, it was like, what? What's what's rad? Um, so yeah. it is very special in that way where you've got just this select group of people. It's almost like the people that love rad like are kind of like, oh, those are my people. Like, oh, that's so cool. You know yeah. it. You know, you know it. I know it. What kind of bike did you have? Did your bike have a name? Um, that kind of thing. But I will say that we always talk about the phrase nostalgia is one hell of a drug. Yes. And uh that could almost be the mantra of $2 late fee. Like big time. Yes, the good guys always win even in the 80s, but it really could be it really could be nostalgia is one hell of a drug because when you really revisit something and you start to ask, okay, how much of this is because I felt that way as a kid about it and how much is that it's actually really cool. And I think rewatching it for me this time, I probably had around 50, 50 of like, mm-hmm. Oh, nostalgia. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> so it's, uh, oh, man. it, you know, and, and not like I'm going in and I'm going to just start panning the hell out of this movie because <laughs> I did have a good time. You and I, we did, we did, we, we, we did, we, we did. did, we did laugh. There was a lot of enjoyable stuff, um, but I we do a have time. a lot of questions about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come up the coast, have a couple left. Um, so, yeah. So I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, before we kind of dive into it, I, I, uh, I do recommend that everybody listening, pause the podcast, go watch the movie, then unpause. And then we can like, really dive into the, the nitty gritty um yeah what yeah. uh as far as just kind of an overall explanation uh if you were going to give the elevator pitch of this movie how would you describe it oh boy well a small town boy who who uh uh you know defies his mother's intentions or his his mother's wishes um, to follow a kind of straight and narrow career and go to college and instead focuses more on being the best he can be at BMX racing. It's, uh, and it's, it's, it's got a rocky underdog story to it. You know, he's the, the small town kid who's supposed to not amount to anything and he overcomes the odds and defeats the, the top champ to, uh, to be the best, to be the best that he can be. Yo, Joe. <laughs> and along the way, he finds love. That, How about that? That that was great. I mean, that was really great because you're right. It is Thanks. at its core. It is an underdog story. We all love underdog stories. And uh, Crew Jones is a very uh, he's a very rootable character. Rootable, like he he's very uh, you know you want him to win. You you want you want him to yeah you you want him to succeed. Even though he has the worst selection of clothes throughout. In cinematic history, I think <laughs> it's the it's the worst. It is. We actually talked to Bill Allen about this. We're like, who who dressed you? <laughs> because it's really bad. <laughs> it's it's like primarily earth tones and just 
just burnt siennas and 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 poo poo brown right it's like oh you're going to the dance why are you wearing your 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 poop shirt <laughs> yeah do you is this an observation that you came about later though or do you think in the 80s you were you were totally like he's just a bad dresser oh uh, well i i I had terrible style in the 80s. Um, I always wanted to look a certain way, and I never pulled it off. And so I think in a weird way I related to that character because I'm like, oh, I dress like that. Oh, my mom, you know. She, oh, you look good in those jeans. Oh, no. I get this for you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks, Mom. I had a T-shirt that used to – it was a black T-shirt that said uh, – black T-shirt with – in hot, puffy letters it said the word hot – on the front and you roll up the sleeves and it had hot pink <laughs> underneath. Oh man. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. Uh, my mom would dress me. In the, so I think I'm looking at him like his mom probably dresses him in those clothes. His mom dresses him in those clothes. He doesn't dress himself. Mm. High school kid still being dressed yeah. by his mom. That's what I was. That was, it, that's what I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> It's a pretty good assessment. I, you know, I, I feel like we all had those things that, you know, our mothers gave us to wear. But then also like those things that you like what you're what you and I have spoken about so many times is like seeing a movie character or someone wear something. You're like, I want that, too. And then whatever you happen to wear, it never looks the same way. Um, no. It falls pretty short. Um I, you know, I can remember, I can remember going on a camping trip and like really being into my canteen. This is not like, this was like a, like this, this isn't comparing that somebody in a movie was having a canteen, but like, I was like, had it across my shoulder and I was like, man, I look badass yeah. with this canteen. And of course, you know, I didn't. And the other kids were like, uh, you know, Hey dork. And I was like, Oh God. Um, <laughs> Wait, they call you a dork because you had a canteen? Uh, I don't necessarily know that it was related. I think it was just more like, uh, you know, I had a, there, there, I had a crush on a girl at this. This is going to be a longer story than I want it to be, but basically, the 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 <laughs> camping was like part of my father's, uh, you know, like the the Buddhist uh, getaway. And I've told you stories about that place. How it's like the the yep. island of misfit toys just like just chaos and nobody's parenting and guys are setting ants on fire and like it's just horrifying and the whole thing oh, you know and then there's terrible. like there's one girl and I'm like oh man like you know and I'm like I don't know eight or nine or something and uh, I'm like man you know like I've got I've got my stuff on I, I wish I remembered her name but I have no idea uh, and then uh, yeah and then my one friend you know at the camp was like, she um, just told me that she thinks you're the biggest dork she's ever met. And I was like, oh, oh God. Is it, you know, and I, oh, oh. I had a vest. That's what it was. I had a vest that I loved, um, which was kind of Marty McFly-like. Not like full-on okay. life, life preserver, but it was, you know, um, a little bit of a thicker, thicker vest. And we were in the Colorado Rockies. And uh, I was like, man, I've got my vest. Um, and then at some point I spilled a meatball on my back. Like, yeah, like, you know, it was, no. it was, it was a tough, it was a tough trip, but just to bring it back <laughs> to what we're talking about, it's, it's like those things of like, you know, I think I look good 
and you know, or I think I'm dancing a certain way. I think I'm a better break dancer than I am. What it's those things that you 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 know you get crashed down back to reality with just a word or a look or a, a, a like yep. a, a thought, and then you're like, all right, I hate everything. Yeah, it 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 it. I totally can relate to that. Um, I think I had a canteen too, by the way. Of course I did because I think you and I were separated at birth. Uh, but yeah, yeah. but I had a. Uh, same deal where you, you walk in, you're thinking you look so cool and all it takes is that one person to just knock the wind out of your sails and then it totally yeah. deflates you. I think we, we can relate to that. Yeah. Um, crew doesn't necessarily, it, it's kind of a funny thing. You know, the plot of the movie uh, is very straightforward and he doesn't necessarily get picked on per se, like a, like a, like a Daniel would or, um, you know, or, or that idea of like, you know, he's got to build up, he's got all these obstacles in his way. And one of them is these asshole bikers, bicyclists, you know, BMX guys, not necessarily, they're all just cocky, no, but no. they're not like villainous. And, um, you yeah. know, like the, the Tomax and Zaymot, uh, Rex and Rex and Rod, <laughs> right. They're actually not like the worst dudes in the Little world. G.I. Joe reference. G.I. Cause they look, I'm like, holy shit, that's Tomax and Zaymot. They look yeah. clearly, you put a scar on one and you got a perfect casting. Um, they're part of the 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 dreadnought. The dread, dread no, they knots. they own their they were the they were kind of separate. They have their own corporation. Oh yeah, um, independent kind of Yeah, kind of like okay. almost like Destro in a way. You know, they they ran their own industry. Um, Got it. But uh, my mistake. You were talking about fashion, like fashion in Bill's uh, crew's terrible fashion, obviously in that in in that. But they were wearing in that dance scene, um, the, the famous dance scene that people, even if you've never seen this movie, you know that there's a famous dance scene on bikes with Lori Laughlin and Bill Allen doing Semi and Angel uh, to the tune of Semi and Angel. And the, the twins yep. have, dare I say, the better dance sequence uh, uh, than yeah. Know, their characters you dare and and they're wearing the outfit i'm like i know those outfits from something and this is before i looked it up on imdb to confirm it but they're those outfits were from the show v <laughs> like they borrowed the costumes or whatever and i'm like that is so badass but um anyways that that was just a, just a personal side note where i'm like oh, i want i want those outfits and then i'm looking at like the rad racing t-shirts and I'm like well they're okay you know that when uh when bill has to or crew has to have his own uh sponsor right yeah no i i i totally agree i mean so the the basic thing here is almost like that hell track which is this gigantic race for all the professional bmxers who have sponsors and and everything else uh they happen to come to bill allen's town and he's i mean it's he's just kind of like known as the kid who like bikes he's a paper boy he's a um paper boy who can't who can't he's throw a, the paper in the right direction <laughs> yeah and everything is just like an epically uh long bike trick uh along the along the paper route with yep. with him and his and his two friends um i guess even going back further right this movie opens with just the the longest most epic uh slow-mo bike trick sequence over the credits yep so it starts and you're like wow we're going to see some we're going to see some biking. Um, and we never really do. We never really do pass the credits. But um, 
it it you know it it's just it's kind of a funny just like here's some people that aren't in the movie doing epic bike tricks um to uh a John Farnham song called Break the Ice not our not our choice for our favorite song of the soundtrack not the one we're going to be talking about yeah. in a little bit by the way no, we normally, well, I mean, like we've sort of deviated lately, but it, we've, uh, we've gone from, we usually kind of set up like, here's the movie and here's the song. But lately I feel like we just kind of start and then we're like, what is this song? But then, you know, it, it, I mean, most of the time we are just on the same page about the song today. We are, but today we did talk about today. Today we did talk about it today. We're on the same page we're today. Like, we're on the same page. We're on the same page. <laughs> and we're like, which John Farnham, which John Farnham song will it be? Um, but it's not, yeah, it's not going to be break the ice, which is still a great song, by the way, break the ice is a really great song. The, the soundtrack overall is a great soundtrack. It is. It is. John Farnham doesn't really do bad songs. Or actually he does do some bad songs, but <laughs> I feel like we've spoken yeah. about a few bad ones. Well, I will um, say, I will say the songs he does for movies are really good though. Yeah. Enhance, they That's... enhance the movie that they are a part of. That's the discrepancy here. Just to follow up on that opening scene with with the with the bike tricks and the bike, you know, the the, the extended scene. Um, this movie and this piggybacks a little bit on what you said earlier in regards to it being a cult film. Um, you know, my brother was big into the BMX culture. He was big into the the skateboard culture in the in the eighties and early nineties in, in Northern California. And so we watched a lot of the old BMX videos and skate videos, like the underground stuff, right? That was being kind of pirated out. And I remember, obviously, yeah, Rad was super popular uh, because it was like, you know, that was for the BMX crew, just like Thrashin' was for the skate crew. You know, I would say Thrashin' is a cult, a sub-cult movie because it's got such a niche audience as well. And then, like, Endless Summer was a surf movie for the surf crew. And then um, about a year ago, Vinegar Syndrome, which is, a like, a niche uh, boutique Blu-ray company, they put out a beautiful uh, edition of this movie. And then a, a year later, um, Mill Creek put out a steelbook Blu-ray of it with extras and whatnot and really, really cool looking with a cool, like, mondo poster cover and really cool shit so i just have to say that you know if you if you haven't seen the movie and you're curious and you're like oh i've heard about rad yeah people always talk about it's popular go go get it because it's really really good and we don't we're not you know getting a discount from mill creek or anything like that but uh maybe we will if you buy it and say you heard it on two dollar leafy wink wink nudge nudge know what i mean uh, I'm sure that's worked. Uh, never. No, so, it hasn't um... yet. But you know, it never hurts to try. So, <laughs> but I was going to tack on one thing too about that opening that you brought up. Um, that is yes, totally Hal please. Needham. That is like the director of the movie, uh, Hal Needham, who did one of our favorite cheese ball movies of all time, Megaforce. Clearly, uh, as you know, the outro to our show, we we pulled a clip from that movie, and. Uh, he loves his like extended action shots because he's a stunt 
stunt guy. He he comes from a stunt background. Uh, the most notorious stuntman, arguably, right? Like highest ever. paid, highest paid. Who went into yep. directing movies? I mean, shit. He did he did Smoking the Bandit and Cannibal Run and Stroke Race and Hooper, uh, which is one of my favorite Burt Reynolds movies. Um, Burt Reynolds being one of my favorite actors, but he, he's done so many great movies and. Rad. Is Burt Reynolds your one of your favorites, by the way, because of the mustache? No, I actually like him without the mustache. Oh, you prefer Burt without prefer, the mustache? My two favorite Burt movies, uh, besides Boogie Nights, are The Longest Yard and Deliverance. And I was, I was going to just guess that. Interesting. The Longest Yard is my one of my favorite sports movies of all time, by the way. Yeah, it's great. Not the it's, remake. It's great. Sorry to interrupt. No. I feel like we may have a delay, and that's also why it's why it's an interruption. No, 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 not at all. No, not at all. And it, I mean, Hal Needham is 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 a legend, and uh, the fact that he did this movie is, is so badass. He he died in 2013, unfortunately, um, at the age of 82, but he had a good run. Yeah, you like throwing in that someone had a good run. I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> and I like saying the, the late great. Just sort of justifies like, yeah, but he had a great run. Well, I don't Which know. He did. I mean, I mean, yeah, he did. Like, you're right. You know, I, I, I have, I don't, I have utmost sympathy for anyone that loses a family member. I, I have. I'm just saying, if they make it to the 80s or yeah. the 90s, then it's like they're just happy to be there. It's like the Olympics. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad thing. I don't mean it. It may sound cold, but I don't mean it that way. I don't mean it that way at all. If you make it to your 80s or 90s, God bless you. No, I, I, I don't take it like a, like a bad thing. I was just more of an it's observation of like, of like, well, you know, I could run. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway as back we to discussed rad. with Stagger Lee and, and, uh, oh, yeah, and Richard right. Donner and, you know. Oh, yeah, that's right. They're like, I had a good run. Um <laughs> Yeah, he's not making movies anyway. Watch, anymore, so. I'm going to die, guys. And Dustin's like, Jack had a good run. No, no. <laughs> Shut your face, your pie hole. Don't, no, that's when I'm like 94. He's going to say, he had a good run. Oh, we're going to still be doing this podcast. <laughs> live forever. Right, we're still doing. Nobody even knows what the 80s are anymore. And and it's just like streaming through brain implant. And... We're there for... <laughs> um, you just have microphones. But you know yeah. what? We're going to look the same. I'm going to have the exact same pose. Like my obituary yep. photo yep. is going to be me with that, yep. <laughs> that same smile <laughs> at like 94 years. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and you're going to be commenting on my beard being perfectly. $2 Levy $2 Levy will still have like like 1,700 followers on Instagram. <laughs> like, why did we ever? <laughs> yeah. We never. Uh... Yeah. We just. We just peaked. We never broke the ice. Very cohesively. Um, <laughs> I'm good at that. But uh, yeah, no, I think what I was originally saying is just that. So this this corporate sponsored race comes to just randomly comes to comes to town and and crew um, is like you know I wanna I wanna be one of the racers. But what always what what kind of always interests me about this. I'm not saying this is like a flaw or anything like that, but crew has never raced. Yeah. Right. 
he's just like the guy who like you see doing bunny hops outside the the high school and they're like oh there's crew he's just hopping out with his thing so the whole idea that you know the the corporations are terrified of this hometown kid like winning races always struck me as so funny because he had never done it before like he was barely you yeah. know like so it's Good it's point. a very different animal like you're you're a, if you're a bike trick trick person and you're a racer like you know i can shoot basketball hoops shots in my driveway all day long and i can hit like all of them but it's very different when i get in a game get in a game it's like oh you never actually played no but i shot like 100 shots so i can just shoot it it's like it, it's just so unfathomable to me like how terrified these professional racers and and the corporation like we got to stop crew you know we just it's like the whole thing because he enters the race and then they're just like yeah this is going to be bad for the sponsorship we need to get all the money you know bart you got to win this thing bart uh connor's or is that the actor's name or the yeah yeah that's the actor's name bart taylor is the character yep bart taylor is the character's name bart connor's is the gymnast which is so interesting and uh it's so interesting yeah and it's almost like, why do we, like, because this guy qualifies in a race, we're just suddenly so, like, got to stop him. We got to thwart him. And it was almost like, he's not even worth your time, guys. Like, what does it even matter, you know? Well, I, that's I, all. but I have a possible theory for that, which just popped, literally just popped in my head. Oh, I like Maybe that. there's Pops this in. idea that, you know, they they created their 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 racer, their guy, their poster boy. And mm-hmm. they don't want – suddenly there's this kid that has the whole town enamored with him, the whole town that mm-hmm. they're now a part of hosting this, this race. And they yep. and, and they see like a nobody. If a nobody can come in and win this race, then then it'll, it'll really shatter the idea that like you got to have – you got to have the best bike to win the race. You got to have the best gear to win the race instead of this hobo kid – with his with his you know made shit made shirts and uh and his and his beat up bike is thirty three like you you know what I'm saying so it, yeah. it, it, it people will go oh I don't need to buy that product because I can just go out and make my own thing you know um maybe that's the idea I don't know so yeah sort of like a capitalism type type thing we we can't destroy the illusion of everything that we built uh, I do get that but I also think like you're in the town where the, the the town in which the race is being held is filled with supporters of this kid. They are the ones buying the stuff, going to race day. You know, they're, they're basically keeping the machine running yeah. by spending all this money, even though, you know, it's a, it's a tour or whatever, but that's where it is right now. So why would you be like, let's try and like push this local kid out instead of just like, Oh, let's, uh, you know, build them up. Let's build them up. So it just, I don't know. It's just, I, I, it doesn't work as a movie if they're just like, oh yeah, crew, we, we love you. I hear you. It doesn't jive yeah. really well. Um, It doesn't. Like it doesn't yeah. make, it, it doesn't add up as, as well as it could, I think. Um, Especially because like, you know, there's flaws where the, 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 the guys who are run, who are promoting hell track, they get to make all the rules, right? Um, what is it? Uh, right. Oh God. What Duke, Duke and Duke his, best. his, 
Yeah, and his yep. uh, his his little henchman Elliot. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, that guy Elliot always reminded me of Scotty Schwartz. He looked like Scotty Schwartz to me from from Christmas Story, um, but he, but he's not. <laughs> he's just been <laughs> in a, he's just been in a shit ton of other um, uh, of Halloween movies. Um, but yeah, they keep changing the rules and like they can just get away with it the whole time. It's a very and I think. I think I think this goes back to one of the things that I love slash get frustrated with in the eighties is it's one of those plots of like, well, you just gotta go with it. You just gotta just just yeah. gotta go yeah. with it. You let it go. And then and obviously, no, I mean these things have plot holes like Swiss cheese, but um, you know yeah. take that out of it, and it's literally just a fun movie with these like vignettes, right? They're all vignettes. Um, down to you know the scenes with uh, with him and his him and his crew hanging out talking about racing. It's like it's Chris just like crew. it feels like a like a skit, like an improv skit in a, in a way, um, which is not a bad thing per se. It's it, it feels a little. It's like oh, are we watching a documentary now about two kids? You know this these group of kids hanging out talking about how cool crew is and you know the whole deal. Yeah. Down to well, like, the one thing. Uh, totally yeah it's like the the one the like speaking of you know vignettes it's like the the sheriff is always trying to catch old crew like hey you kids and you know and it's it's a it's a device so that uh you know kookiness can ensue and he can go like right you know doing tricks off logs and the sheriff is almost catch it's almost like wily coyote or something like trying to catch the roadrunner like you know Like an Acme safe falls on the sheriff's head right as he's about to get crew. It's like that kind of that kind of a feeling. Um, Figuratively, not literally. <laughs> yes, no. no. And then there's the love um, angle with uh, with with Lori Laughlin's character. You know, uh, Cri- Christian. <clears throat> yes, which is a boy's. Sorry. Ooh, that's very anti. Sorry, I'm pulling it back. Christian, which is you know, it's like a Christian name. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I don't, I don't, (laughs) I don't know any female Christians personally. That doesn't mean there aren't any. Um, And uh, certainly at this time period, uh, that was probably a rare name. Well, I have to, I have to tell you what that triggered in me. Um, So when I moved to California in '84. The first summer I flew back to visit my dad. My parents had divorced and my mom. You flew back to Detroit? Back to Detroit. So my parents divorced. My dad stayed in Michigan. My mom uh, moved us out to California. And the following summer, I went to go visit my dad with my brother. And my mom made me a tape. She made me a tape to play at night of her because we were going to be gone for like, I think I was going to be gone for two months. It's a really oh, wow. long time. It's a long time. And yeah. um, it was either two months or one month. It's still, it just was a lot. Anyway, she made me a tape to play yeah. when I went to bed every night. And it was her and I singing songs together. Um, oh, that's very sweet. It's really sweet. And then at the end of the tape, it's her talking to me about what clothes I should wear, um, who, like, listening to my brother, you know, he'll take care of you. Uh, and Lies. Okay, go <laughs> right because he would <laughs> he would read me Stephen King to go to bed at night 
Uh, right. Oh my God. Terrorize me. I, I love my brother. He'll take care of you. You wake up with his his balls in your eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. No, that was when. Yeah, it was when we were teenagers, right? And so uh, I think I was oh, like was, eight or nine later? at the time. Okay. And uh, and then my mom on the tape, she's like, "Hmm." And you can visit your friend. Hmm. What was his name? Christian. Christian. Yeah, that's his name. <laughs> and so it stands out to me. It stands out because I still have this tape. Uh, I still have the tape. That- Let's roll it. Yeah, roll it. Um, We could if you want. I could pull it up. Anyways, uh, we totally could break it down. I can send you the MP3s. But um, but but I remember she would Christian, hmm, Christian. So every time I read, I'm reading a book right now to Bodhi, and there's a character named Christian, and I'm just like, I hear my mom say, Christian, hmm, hmm, your friend. Oh my god, I, I feel like I need to hear this tape just so I can compare. You know, your impression of your mom. To how she actually sounds. Oh yeah, la di da. I feel like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be very <laughs> valuable for me. Oh, you're gonna have a field day with this this audio. By the way, everybody oh, listening, they're gonna be. Come on, you gotta play it. You gotta play it. It's so good because my mom is like, you know, telling me what to wear. My Duran Duran shirt with my plaid shorts and uh, my white pants or something like that. She's <laughs> telling you specifically what to wear every day. No, she's giving me ideas of clothes I could put together. You know, it's it's hilarious. But anyways, but doesn't that kind of doesn't that not help? Oh, well, okay, because you 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 would have you would have brought those clothes, you would have packed them, you would have brought them already. Yeah, because it doesn't help you to give you like a packing list once you're there. No, 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 that's not what it is. No, because because kind of like on day one, on day one, I listened to the tape and that's it, right? But I would, but she, the intention was that I would listen to it every night. I cried myself to sleep every night because I was I wanted oh, to go man. home, you know, because my yeah, mom and I were tight. Course. You're tight. Right. I mean, that's you moved to California with your mom for a reason. My mom and I were like super bonded the way Bodie and I are. And uh, and so, yeah, I I was like, I don't want to go to Michigan. <laughs> yeah. You know, so anyways. Oh, for sure. That just adds to my fish out of water complex I have with so many of these movies where I'm just like totally relate to those characters and uh and and crew yeah crew crew never goes to that place in this movie he's just a cool dude he never has to overcome severe adversity you know his mom his mom is like really concerned about him not taking the SATs and like not going to college yeah and there is that dramatic piece there but it's not it's again it's very surface it's not too deep this is a very light movie to watch. It, it, there's nothing heavy about it. It's it appeals. It's a it's a family friendly movie. It's like down to the love scenes with uh, Christian and him and, and crew. It's like you can't even tame. say it. You're like Christian, Christian. It just doesn't flow, Christian. right? I mean, I don't like it. Chrissy, I call her Chrissy. I guess. Um, Not Christian. Do you think that you that you ended up marrying Kristen as a way to kind of cleanse? Oh, I didn't even think the about palette. That. Nope. From you know, like there's extra letters here. I don't like it. Nope. Kristen. That's nope. what I like. Nope. <laughs> nope. I don't like Christian. Nope. Christian. <laughs> uh, but I did stop. You guys like bikes. You guys like bikes. I did have a hard time watching Jackie Chan movies after I dated a girl named Jackie. Oh yeah. Because it's like, I can't even um, hear that name for a while. Yep. Yep. Um, what did, did, was that ever explained? Like, it, 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 there was so much pressure about the SATs in this movie. Like, was there only one day that he could take the SATs? I mean, I never remember the SATs being like that. I remember you could always kind of no. take it whenever you wanted to. 
maybe in different towns or something, but like, yeah, it wasn't like there's only this one day when this race happens to be that you can take the, it's like, we need to, to, to have that thing, that, that device. Well, maybe like, it's, well, well, you would think for, for a small, such a small town that maybe they have the one day to take the SATs. You would think why the hell would a giant race come in their town? The biggest race in the country. Uh, yeah, roll on the day. through such a podunk town if they can only have one right. day to have SATs. Same day as the SATs. We can't go to the race. And and I, I revolted against SATs. I hate it. I hate SATs. I think it's just such a – it's so outdated and it's so not a way to judge. It's not an accurate way to to assess a kid's uh, you know abilities. Take some mm-hmm. pressurized test. That's bullshit. That, that's not like something that can – that, think about all the kids and that we're so much more, you know, to, I hate to use this term, but we're so much more woke and more aware of kids' abilities or differences than we used to be yeah. back then. And back mm-hmm. then it was like, well, you either pass the ACTs or not. You get a real job. You don't, you can't be an artist. Like back then it was not about, uh, it, that's such a old school way of thinking. So yeah, you, you make this movie now and it would, I don't know what would be the plot device now if we were to make this if we were to remake Rad what would be the plot device that the mom would have against him for being in hell track what do you think uh like well, an internship he be, an internship he would, maybe he's in he's in high school right mm-hmm. maybe he's like a really good uh architect or something <laughs> and he has to go like it you know the 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 the, the flight the internship starts on the twenty third of March, and he's got in the truck, and the race is on the same day or something. Like right, that. so he's got to, he's got to leave, he's got to leave town for some for some reason, yeah, or something. I mean, that would be, even be more plausible, where it's like you need to be on a plane. Yeah, that would that would be more motivating to me than you miss this test. You know, yeah, like it's it's a competitive thing where you got to be on this day at this time. Uh oh, that happens to be the same day as the race. And what they're poor. Do? And they're poor too. Like add yep. that piece in there. They're they're poor yep. and they live in a trailer. Because we don't really get a sense that they're poor in this movie. They're just living in the town. No, and it's uh oh and and mom is played by Talia uh Talia 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 Shire. Uh, yeah. Talia Shire. It's like you get caught up in the, in words sometimes. Talia. Like the word when I'm like I went to open the drawer. I'm like drawer? Drawer? Drawer. Carl drawer? Reiner. Talia, Talia, Talia. Right. Yeah. Same thing. Same thing. Carl Reiner. Ray Walston. Carl Reiner. Buggy, baby, buggy. buggy. Yeah. But yes, I agree. I, I don't think they're, they're not uh, reliant on, on, you know, uh, money exactly. Even though she, you know, she's a single mom. Yeah. Uh, raising two kids. She's definitely, you know, she definitely works hard. You, you do get that sense um, to provide her kids with. To provide her kids with the things they need, but meanwhile, I'm um, looking at her other kid, and I'm like, "Why does her other kid look like Billy Jacoby, aka Billy Jane from from uh, <clears throat> just one of the guys? Just one of the guys? Oh, because it's his sister, Laura Jacoby. I'm like, spitting which is image. so it's so weird. And when we were watching the movie, and Aaron like exclaimed something about her, yes, like. Like, oh, she looks like so-and-so. You're like, that's because it is. And we're like, that's creepy. Because she and, really does. And their 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 sibling, uh, Scott Jacoby, is also an actor. Yep. Uh, looks just they like They all look the same. Yep, they all look they the all same. They all kind of deliver their lines the same way. Yeah, they do. They sound the same way. 
But anyway, sorry, I, I didn't yeah. mean to di- yeah. digress from that. But um, no, but that, that's 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 a good that's good trivia that you won't find anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else? You could look. You, you know what else? You'll, you'll find you, something you'll find everywhere else is the fact that this was originally called Balls Out, which is really funny yep. if they called it Balls Out. Yep. <laughs> Balls Out. I think we talked to Bill Bill about that, yeah. We did, we did actually. Yeah. So that that's kind of the thing, guys, with with our discussion about Rad today, because a lot of the things that we may not bring up, we bring up with Bill, and um, we don't wax too much on Rad overall because we know that he's been on a bunch of podcasts and talked about Rad a bunch of times. But we do talk about specific moments in the movie that stood out to us with him, which is great. And he reminisces on that. One thing we don't talk about, and I think it's important to address it on our show right now, um, Mm. because it was intentional, is we don't talk about Lori Loughlin. And we love Lori Loughlin from the 80s and early 90s. We love her from that era. I don't dig her as a person. I think in in many ways she makes me want to throw up the actions that she did. The fact that she went and got out of prison early and took a vacation to Mexico or some shit like that. Like that's disgusting. Oh she, God. she is the poster child for, sorry, I have to just say it. She's the poster child for white privilege in this country. Yeah. Uh, when she gets away with, you know, serving a very small amount of time for a really horrible thing. Anyways, that's why we didn't bring up Lori Laughlin with him. Cause I'm like, it's not about Lori Laughlin. It's about Bill Allen. We're interviewing Bill Allen about rad i will say well done that was such a fun little ride for me to listen to you talk about that because a i have no idea what we talked to bill allen about because i feel like we interviewed him like 17 and a half years ago <laughs> but also um i just got closer to the mic and it's like oh it's, it's so crisp now i should Ooh. have been on the right side of it that, that's real one of podcasting talking to the right side of the mic uh <laughs> for all you uh learners uh but also I just I like when you were like we we really need to bring this up now because <laughs> as if like two weeks from now people who listen to Bill Allen and be like why didn't they talk about Lori Laughlin at all oh I'm someone uh, you already well, did if you've gone back two weeks ago yeah if you've gone back two weeks ago you'd know why as Zach explained yeah someone so. did when we when we were promoting that we we did interview <clears throat> we interviewed Bill Allen earlier in the year and as we do on our show we always interview kind of early on and then we. Promote it later on. Uh, but I remember somebody said in an, in, in an Instagram post on our page, oh, did you, did you talk about Louis Laughlin? And I'm like, no, he didn't because it's ah, not about her. Okay. It's about him. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, do we love some of the movies she was in in the 80s? Of course we do in Full yeah. House and all that good stuff. But And she's great in this. She's really entertaining in this. She's a great – she's – I'm not gonna say great. She's a really good actor, and uh, and you know she she's she's uh, like a really fun character. But but you know that's neither here nor there. And and her scenes are like that. That bike dance scene is ridiculous, and it's awesome. With send me an angel, send me an angel. It's such a great ditty. Yeah. Um, slow mo, slow mo bike scene. Yeah, the whole way. And, and and you know she's she's a badass in her own right. She's a great BMX biker. Great character. Right. Great. Overall, like a great, a strong character um, at a time when when a lot of female characters were just like the cute. Oh, my God, you're so hot. And like, you know, uh, but she was a strong female character in the 80s, which is great. 
Uh, but yeah. you know, that's it. That's it. She was cool. That's all good. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know what Bill Allen talking about her would really give us anyway. I, no. I do remember when we interviewed John Philbin, he, he talked a lot about her in regards to New Kids, which I thought was really funny because he wasn't particularly flattering, and it was very uh, that was, was very real and hilarious. truthful and awesome. Yeah. So yeah, if you guys want some, <laughs> you want some Lori Laughlin, go listen to our interview with with John Philbin, uh, and you'll get it. You'll, Which you'll he did some, from our the comfort of yeah. my home, by the way. So, <laughs> uh, yep, yep. The comfort of your home. But yeah, but this yeah. movie, this movie's got. I, okay, I will tell you really quick. Uh, I didn't realize that Bill Allen didn't do his own stunts up until maybe ten years ago. I thought it was yeah, always well, him doing his stunts. For me, I, it was until we interviewed him. So, oh really? Um, <laughs> no. no, how dare you? How dare you? No, no. That's but so it, it it is interesting to realize that he wasn't. He didn't even like bikes. No, he didn't like bikes. He was just he didn't even, he didn't even ride a bike. He had to learn basically how to ride a bike for this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, and and it's and it's funny to talk to him and just have him be like, yeah, it was all stunt people. Like every any time, you know, close ups were me, obviously, but every other time a bike was being ridden, it was a stunt person. And you're like, okay, well, couldn't you lie to us a little bit? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but he's so he's so into bikes now. If you go on his on his Instagram page, for example, um, he he's selling rad bikes. He's selling. His book, his book is called My Rad Career, his autobiography, uh, which is listen, really good, by you, the way. Listen to you right now. He's so into bikes. He loves selling bikes. He loves selling rad merchandise. No, he, he loves benefiting off of rad uh, merchandise. No, but he uh, talked really about amazing. that in, oh, in our interview. Course, he talked course. about going to uh, the, doing these rad like bike events. So he's always so he's much he I think this this movie helped propel him into the BMX culture. It did. But of course, it's like, yeah, you got to own that. Because yeah. otherwise, it's just the most disappointing thing, and it is going to affect your sales. If people are like, "Oh, Bill Allen doesn't like bikes," yeah, even if that's true, you know, it's upsetting. It'd be like, it'd be like, what's his face? Uh, you know, not selling hot dogs in, in Central Park. Um, are, you, are you talking about? Oh my god! I'm like, are you talking about Paul Rodriguez right now? Yeah, you are. Yeah. You are. <laughs> You ever uh, you ever had a hot dog, Jack? <laughs> Get some hot dog with no hot. Dog. It's a bun. It's just a bun. Jack, you, you ever seen a hot dog? You ever seen a hot dog, Jack? You know, there's a thing called hot dogs. Uh, I've got a stand. Do you, do you, are you familiar with those? Oh, quick supper. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. <laughs> Still my favorite Kevin Bacon um, movie. I don't care. I don't care. I'm dying. Is it? Day. Yeah, it is. No. It's my favorite Kevin Bacon movie. I'll die in No, it's it. not. Yes, for the nostalgia. Yes. Oh my goodness. Because it's a I, because I love there's something about bikes. Did you bikes. say that? What? Did you say that on our episode? Yeah, I did. I think. This is my favorite Kevin Bacon movie. This yeah, feels I'll like say breaking news to me. All right. I'll say it now. Okay, two two reasons. Hot dish. Maybe three. This is my hot take. One, he's a hero in it because in Whitewater Summer, he's not a hero. He's the villain technically. Uh Two, yeah. killer soundtrack, killer soundtrack. And three, it's got bikes, and I love bikes. There's something universal <laughs> about bikes. It's, bikes are so, like, um, uh, they're good. so, it, it's it's such, it's such a, like, 
maybe yeah, because bikes. I ride my bike everywhere nowadays. I just love I love bike culture. I love it. I love it. Uh, I mean, what's not to love about bike culture? Um, any 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 particular scene in this movie though that stands out to you that you love the most in Rad? Oh, I like it. Well, the the dance scene obviously is very epic. Uh, it, very weird to me that crew just, uh, races away quickly. Yeah, he does. He you know, like he like has Cinderella. like, <laughs> it's probably the most unique experience he's ever had in his life. Yes. Up to that point, you know, Wish where like too. a girl he doesn't know just like races in is like, we're going to do this dance. We're going to do this bike dance together. They do this epic bike dance. Everybody in the room loves them and he runs away like Cinderella, as you said, and it's never explained why you think he had a boner You're like that I think he had a boner that's weird yeah maybe he had a boner and he's just like i gotta i gotta get away so no one sees my my bmx boner <laughs> that's a good movie title bmx boners bmx boner <laughs> tonight on bmx boner <laughs> um story yeah, judge reinhold for sure for sure <laughs> um so that's a big scene and i like um i like hell track i like the actual uh race qualifications a lot um to know that that track was actually so um unrealistic for riders that none of them wanted to go down that just that totally 90 degree drop at the beginning they're like this isn't safe i don't want to do this yep um until like a 17 year old uh was like hey what the hell i'm gonna do it uh and then they were all like oh okay i guess we'll do it but and people were breaking their legs and stuff right um yeah it was it was taking people out it was it uh, what about you it's hell track uh i i actually love the training scene where he's where he's training for hell track and uh mm-hmm. just the ridiculous where he's wearing what is like a lacrosse helmet or a you know uh Right. It's it's so awkward. And, of course, he's got his terrible mauve shirt on or whatever color that sweatshirt yep, is. Yep. I love that scene. I just love training montage scenes. As as everyone who's listened to our episodes knows, I love myself a good montage. Uh, you know, quick shout-out to uh, DJ A, if you've never heard his Blood Brother mixes uh, on, what is that, on Spotify or soundcloud i think it's SoundCloud. It's on soundcloud it's yeah. been so long since we mentioned it it's it's almost unfamiliar it's worth re-mentioning again because he pulls he pulls both farnham you know rocker songs from this movie in mm-hmm. that uh and he puts them on his playlist mixes great like sports workout uh you know get your blood pumping mixes 80s inspired movie do you mixes. think that there's a bigger fan of dga out there in the world than yourself yeah, I'm sure there's some dude in Europe that's super into him. <laughs> like you just had that answer. I'm sure. Good. I'm sure there's a guy who's like somewhere in Germany who's like, "Oh, this stuff's so great," you know. And then meanwhile, we're like, "No, we like him more. We promote him more." Because the guy's I mean, a good guy. His name is mentioned a lot. DJ. Yeah. yeah um, check out Blood Brother. Mixes. That's I, what's up. That's what's up. That's, that's what's up. Kind of like his tagline. But no, no, the the that yeah, Hell Track for sure. Um. It's like scenes that stand out to me throughout this movie. It, and again, I go back to the point of saying this is like such a nice family film overall. Uh, it's just a very lighthearted overall movie. And it reminds me of it almost 
the vibe, even though this came out in 86, it, the vibe reminds me of a seventies movie. It has a seventies vibe mm. to it, like the small town kind of thing. Sure. Um, so, so when I watch it, I get more of a nostalgia, nostalgia, nostalgic seventies vibe in a way. I've had that. Um, there's a great uh, movie. Antibiotic. <laughs> there is. Yeah. Uh, there's a gummy version now, um, by goalie. And I, I got ad tracking on Facebook because of that. Um, it, there's some, there, there's a movie called Kenny and company that came out in the seventies by Don Coscarelli. It's a very much a Southern California bike, BMX bike, skateboard culture movie. Uh, just kind of a yep. day in the life snapshot. It's a great, yep fun family film Halloween movie too, by the way. Um, if anybody's never seen it, I highly recommend it, but it gets, it gives me those vibes where like they shot, mm. you know, the, the scenes in the, in the restaurant are like, it's like, it's clearly a set or, you know, it's, it just feels very low budge, but I like that. I like that. Yeah. So overall, like that's why I continue to come back to this movie. And, and I will say the nostalgia factor of the like there's an art there's an art gallery in Hollywood called Gallery 1988 mm-hmm. and they do um I think it's owned by Kevin Smith or he's part owner but they have these cool prints of like rad and uh rad inspired art because they do a lot of movie inspired mm. it's all movie inspired stuff from the 80s and 90s and and uh, really cool posters and it makes it look so it looks it actually makes it look cooler than the movie is if you if you know what i mean right i do like you know what you mean the 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 montages that i love on youtube that are like set to an 80s song with that just show just the 80s like the best scenes from all of the movies from the 80s with a cool song on it and you're like oh that movie's so great and you're like well actually that scene is great but the movie itself is a little slow so I'm not saying that about Rad because I love Rad, but it but you know the shots of Crew with his gear on, right? And or 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 Bart with his gear on, you're like, oh, they look so badass. And in the movie, you're like, oh, that's just a kid with you know floppy hair. And right, right, yeah. Right. Anyways, um, overall, Rad the 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 the, uh, the cult phenomenon around Rad is really great. I I do want to point out just as an aside that this is the first time I think on our podcast that you've mentioned Don Coscarelli. Mm. Um, one of my favorite directors by the way yes but you had made an instagram post that was like everyone knows that don coscarelli is zach's favorite director and it was literally the first time i'd ever heard you mention him and i was like what is going on so now i feel like we've we've come to that point like we're finally addressing we've caught up with ourselves like you mentioned him yeah yeah and as one of your favorite directors he is he is one of my favorite directors um i love phantasm one I actually love hot take. I love Phantasm two more than Phantasm one. Mm, or not. Mm-hmm. I think they're, but they're two separate movies in a way. Like they have two separate vibes about them. He's great. He's a really talented. I would call him like the most talented indie director mm. because he's very much an indie, even though he's done mainstream movies, he's very much like an indie mindset. Kenny and company okay. love Bubba Hotep. Really good, oh, not yeah, one yeah, of my yeah. favorites. Yeah. John dies yeah. at the end. I think it's a great, uh, it's a great modern movie. If you've never seen it, it's really good. 
haven't uh, seen it. Survival Quest is a cool flick with um, Lance Henriksen and Mark Look Wilson. At this. Yeah, yeah, definitely should check out Don. Oh, Beastmaster, which is not Beastmaster is not that great. Beastmaster, it's not that great, but it's fun. It's Almost a cheese. Doesn't ball make any sense that it's no in there, but. It's not. It, yeah. It's, it's not that good. But Don, Don Coscarelli obviously does the Phantasm franchise. Just Phantasm 1, 2, and 3 are great. Um, I, I love Don Coscarelli. Off, off the top of your head, what's the name of Beastmaster's name, the character's name? I was not it like – it's like a one-syllable name, isn't it? It's a one syllable name. I, I'm actually spacing out on it, but it makes me laugh. What's the start? It's like, Do you know- it's like it's like Krog or something. It's, like, <laughs> it's Krog. It's, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is, it is it's something like, like that. It's like Crone. Or like, <laughs> um, no. I, okay. I, 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 okay. So I, I'm going to give you three choices. This is not what okay. does Dustin know. We are going to get no, into no, that in just it, a minute because we're going to talk about the soundtrack yeah. too to Rad. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give you three choices. Great. Is it Gar, Dar, or Bar? <laughs> Oh, that's really good. I think it's I think it's uh, B Dar. You're correct. Ding ding ding. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Dar. Yeah. Dar. 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 Well, at least they didn't call it the Dar Master instead of like like they did Yor the Hunter or whatever that movie oh, was. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. But anyways, let's 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 uh, let's get to the nitty gritty. Like maybe the favorite thing him. we want to talk about in general is the soundtrack to this movie. Um, yep. Specifically, "Thunder in Your Heart" by John Farnham. This movie. This song kicks ash. It's so good. With lines like, Thunder in your heart, every move is like lightning. There's a fire gonna start. Your flame's never dying. So, I mean, come on. It's great. It's an anthem song. It's an anthem song. It is an anthem song. Um, I was a little bit thrown on the rewatch how many times they played it during the qualification races to the <laughs> point <too>. where <laughs> to the point where like it really started to lose its luster a little yeah. bit where I was like, Oh, we're not even playing a different part of the song. They just They're playing the over. same. Cause it wasn't like the whole song. There's like, we're playing the same verse again. Yeah. Because playing the same verse chorus. We'll, we'll play the, we'll play the opening obviously, but it's like that. Damn. Like great opening. Yeah. It's almost like they're watching and going, now let's just loop it. Let's loop it. Yep. Almost where you yep. could hear the, like... the vinyl skipping. <laughs> they're crackling. <laughs> it goes a little bit where I was like, okay, how are we going to... Because when it comes to making a movie and a scene stand out, it's like, how are we going to differentiate these rounds of qualifications? And it was almost like every round was the same thing, not only for the music, but also from the way he was running the races because yeah. he was like yeah. he finds that shortcut and he's going up and he's going from the path you know and he would always like take the shortcut and then like in the home stretch kind of burn rubber to kind of end up in the front of the pack yeah. and then at one point by the third round he's like thrown because his does he fall in the shortcut or, or something happens but I'm yeah. like this is the same thing every time which is a little boring <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They should have just—they should have just trimmed that scene, trimmed it. Yeah, That's trimmed all you it. Needed to do. All you needed to do. All you needed to do. But that's Hal Needham. Need Hal to... Needham does that. He does that in Megaforce. 
the scenes go on mm. way too long in that movie and you're mm-hmm. like oh my god okay. yeah. i mean case in point <laughs> it, yeah. it's epic but it's barry bostwick on his bike try, trying to fly into the big plane and he's got that shit-eating grin on his face and he's like shit-eating spinning grin. around and you're like okay yeah who's on more drugs here <laughs> What's the drama here? What are we supposed to be concerned he's not going to make it? Yeah. No. It goes on way too long. Yeah. Oh, it does. Agreed. It, and, does. And it, it's it doesn't it, it does take a little bit of the air out of the song, the scene itself too. Um doesn't fully take it out cuz yeah. the scene in the song is overall the scene is good and but the song kicks ass, so and it jams, you know. I work out it to does. it on a regular basis. It does, but it would be like if you were if you were doing the same exercise, like you were only doing the bench press and you only played one part of the song during the exercise. Yeah, yep. And this thunder in your heart, like every time, like you know, like at, at this point when I release the bar at the very top or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm, and then I breathe in, like then this word has to, you know, it's just it's just so repetitive. Uh, yeah, where it's to me, it's not. It's not interesting anymore. Well, yeah, I, I was going to say um, I don't use Spotify as a playlist. I use my my actual music from my library or whatever uh, downloads and make my own yeah. playlist, right? Pure, purist. Yes. Clearly, as, as I do for our Patreon top-tier fans who get yeah. a mixed CD from us, um, but... I have to kind of change out. I've got like a hundred some odd songs on there, but I've got to change it out every now and then because if I, if if I listen to the same song too many times, it just gets too repetitive for me. So yeah. Yeah. I hear you on that. It's, it's a little, uh, it dies out a little bit for me. Cause even if you hit shuffle, you're like, ah, all right, well, you know, now how many times can you listen to show me how it works? Like answer a, a, half, the time. half a time, half a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, this song though, the, the John Farnham is. Uh, I, I I was saying earlier that wait. He all makes, I want to. I, I yeah. here's what I just want to say about Show Me How It Works because I feel like it gets a bad <laughs> rap from me. But I but I want to say that the reason I do not enjoy it is because it is so repetitive. Okay. It the the chorus just repeats like a thousand times. If they if she even changed up the words, like Show Me How It Works, hit me where it hurts. Like if she did any change of anything. I would probably like it. Yeah, you've said but that. But it's already. just show me how it works again and again and again and again, like 17,000 times to end the song. So, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> Ghostbusters. Na, 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 na. If you think, you know, yeah, even Ray sucks. Parker Jr. is that not just going like, who are you going to call Ghostbusters? Who are you going to call Ghostbusters? Who are you going to call Ghostbusters? <laughs> he's like, he's actually asking different things. So, it doesn't suck, by the way. Right. What doesn't suck? I said because I I under my breath I said that that song sucks, but I was joking. Oh, but yeah, it's not it's not a great song, but I just mean in terms of I was just trying to think of an example of like no, that's good. You know, a song that because Ghostbusters is basically the same thing from start to finish. Well, as well, it'd be like if if uh, Survivor just said "Eye of the Tiger" over and over again. It's the uh, eye of the tiger. It's the <laughs> eye of the tiger. Iger, yeah, Iger, Eye of the Tiger, but, Tiger, Eye of the Tiger. But at least the music changes there too. Yeah, you know, he's it's it's not just it's the Eye of the Tiger, 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 Eye of the Tiger, 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 yeah, well, Eye of the Tiger. You're like, oh my god! So 
anyway, so that's all I wanted. To, I just wanted to be clear because I don't know that I've ever really explained what it is about that. Well, what do you like more? Do you like do you like fettuccine Alfredo or do you like red sauce? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a red sauce, and and I'm more of a fettuccine guy. So uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you're, you're more of an Alfredo sauce. I like cream I sauce. like my white sauce. I like my cream sauce. Yeah, yeah. And I can go over that over and over and over. <laughs> but we're not talking about show me how it works. We're talking about no. John Farnham. No. Yeah. You're the Sorry. voice. In the Back to John. Have you heard that song? You're the voice. By the way, 1986. You're the voice. Probably. It's a great song. Probably because I do the I do the I'll do the John Farnham Spotify deep dive and then I'll be like, what the hell is this garbage? Does and it, it's, it, and it's, as you said, it's the ones that aren't on. They're not part of soundtrack. No, like not that song. I'm just saying, like you hit a song. If I, when I do that, I'll inevitably hit a song that is not connected to the soundtrack and it's not as good. Yeah, because "Break the Ice" and "Thunder in Your Heart" are both ditties, um, and you're the voices. It's it's not. I wouldn't say it's one of his best, but I really like it. Uh, he did, um, but he did a soundtrack for a Linda Blair movie called Savage Streets, uh, exploitation '80s flick. And I watched that movie recently. And podcasting after dark. For, you know, podcasting after dark. Quick shout out to uh, Podcasting After Dark. Broke it down scene by scene. Um, and when I did. You know, his voice comes on, and I'm like, ooh, this is really good. This is really good. Oh, I know that voice. Mm-hmm. I, wh- where's mm-hmm. that voice from? And then I look at him, I'm like, that's John Far. Oh, that's John Farnham? Cool, cool. So I'm listening to the songs, and suddenly the song is called – I like, I'm like thinking, I, yeah, I know this is John Farnham, but the lyrics are reminding me. I've heard these lyrics before. Where have I heard these lyrics before? Oh, this song was covered by another band in the Transformers, the movie soundtrack. It's called Nothing's Gonna Stand in Our Way. And I'm like, oh, he's the original guy who did the song for that? Oh, my God. so cool. So anyways, I my mind was blown in that moment because I'm like, yeah, John Farnham. Yeah, love John Farnham. And that song in Transformers, the movie, Nothing's Gonna Stand in Our Way is a cover and that scene, the scene that I'm, that song is played in, in Transformers the movie is when Hot Rod and Cup go to the water planet and Cup gets ripped apart and they have to fight mm. like a transforming octopus or whatever. So great. Anyways, that song's playing there and I'm like, it's a great song, kick ass. And then if I find out it's a cover, I'm like, awesome. It was kind of like the moment that, not the same, but similar to you when, uh, when you told me that, that Scandal covered only the young. Like journey. Oh yeah. And I'm like, yeah. whoa, I didn't know that. And then I listened to it. I love their version. Even though yeah. they came out pretty much the same year <laughs> or around the same year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is weird. You know, if you're gonna cover it's, a song, it should wait at least ten years. It's it's strange. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. Anyways, that um, that, that blew my mind. But John Farnham is uh, still alive too, by the way. Still alive and kicking. Uh, uh be careful. Be careful. Oh, sorry, Just sorry, careful. last time I Just be careful. He's yeah. Never because mind. if he dies, if he dies, yeah. then you go. Well, he had a good run. I, I'm I, I'm gonna be very sad. Well, you, do you know? <laughs> do you know another fun fact about him that that I just discovered recently? Uh, what band he took over for a short period of time as lead vocalist? Um, I think he was in um, the the one that we just covered, right? With 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 Richard and uh, Dean Cameron, Richard Horvitz and Dean Cameron, our yep. recent uh, Little River band. Yep. Right. Yeah. 
That's pretty amazing. It's pretty awesome. I want to see. I want to hear him sing. Lady or cool change. Yeah. Lady. Yeah. Come on, where's Richard? Let's get him on the phone. Um. Yeah. Ju- that. I mean, this soundtrack is great. I want to point out too, uh, a fun little fact about it because if you go on, you know, if you if you the the it's one of my holy grail soundtracks mm. uh, to own on cassette. I don't own this on cassette, as you know, on two dollar late fee. We on our Instagram page, we do soundtrack Saturdays and all of the soundtracks that are featured on that Saturday are my own from my own collection. I do not own the soundtrack to this movie uh, on vinyl or cassette. I will someday. Oh my. Um, yeah. The, the send me an angels on there. There's, there's some songs down here that definitely could be put by the wayside, but one of the like, fun facts about this movie is that one of the songs in the movie uh, is called Caught Up in the Crossfire. It's performed by the Charm Kings. Apparently it's not on the actual soundtrack itself. It's not a good song. It's not, in my opinion. I'm not a fan mm. of this song. I want to clarify. Which means it must that. really be bad. It's not that good. And so there's like a, a minute a minute <laughs> oh 15 God. clip online on YouTube. It's I think they ripped it from the movie. Um but then I'm looking at one of the one of the posts on YouTube with it, and it's got Rad and another mm-hmm. movie that it was featured on. And I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, so there's a connection that Rad shares a, a connection to another movie that came out in 1986 called Night of the Creeps. Both mm. movies feature this song for some odd reason. Interesting. So, yeah, Night um, of the Creeps had it too. S- uh, Semi and Angel is also in another movie uh, from a movie in 1987. Oh. Uh, and that movie is Teen Wolf 2. Oh. With uh, with soon, well, I guess that we might be interviewing somebody from Teen Wolf 2 in the in the very near future. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we may be. We may be. We have it booked. But yeah. But if it, if it doesn't, if it falls through, it wouldn't yeah. be. You know, it, it's going to happen. But it was, anyways. Yeah, like us. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. Uh, yeah. That's cool. So. Team Wolf yeah. 2 came out in 87? Wow. Yeah. But does, doesn't Rad feel like it came out, like it was made a lot earlier in the 80s? Yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. That's... Probably that mauve, mauve color palette. I think help. so. I think yeah. that if they had a better... No offense yeah. to the costume designer, but you got to step up your A game. Didn't yep. work for me. Didn't work for me. Nope. Um, so yeah, the soundtrack kicks ass uh, overall but because of those two songs. That's all you need. Um, God, I keep coming wanting to come back to Iron Eagle, but we're gonna have to get to Iron Eagle at some point because I, I mm-hmm. the, the soundtrack just ugh, just kills me. Um, Chappy, <laughs> right? Um, let's talk about some pop culture moments that happened in 1986, shall we? Great. And let's for those that don't know, we will be the, the segment. What does Dustin know? 1986 will be popping up next month on our Patreon page. So check that out because I'm I'm going to see if Dustin <laughs> can oh if I can God. stump the dust. Stump the dust. I love it. Stump the dust. <laughs> <clears throat> so, that's awesome. Um I'm just going to pull a few fun facts from 1986. Just a just a few th- that stood out to me. And obviously 
I chose these because I, I figured Dustin's not going to know some of these and that's okay. Um, <laughs> but they're important to me. Damn it. Damn it. Okay. So one of them from 1986, this I mean, is a big it's deal. It's all wrestling. It's all wrestling. This though. first one is wrling I'm if only going to, always... it means it's wrestling. Yeah. It's going to be wrestling because right? it's important yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, it, and, and I will tell you yeah. what, and yeah. everyone listening, if you are a fan of wrestling, chime in on this episode and tell me, tell me that I'm right. Cause I know I am. This is just quite dial possibly, in right now and tell Zach he's right. This is quite possibly one of the biggest events in modern pro wrestling. Okay. In 1986, nature boy, Ric Flair formed the four horsemen with yep. their manager, JJ Dillon, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson tag team personified and Barry Windham. They were the four horsemen. Okay. The original four. Sorry. No, I, I got to read you that. <laughs> up. Tell I me I'm up. right. I Cause read. I know I am. Tell I call up. me up. Tell me I'm right. <clears throat> I'm saying the right names. So this is fantastic. Tully Blanchard. Tully Blanchard he's, and Arn Anderson. He's one of the horsemen. Tag team okay. personified. And okay. Ole Anderson. Ole. Okay. Ole Anderson was the fourth member of the four horsemen. It seemed like you just said three names. And I said Rick Flair. Rick Flair. Rick Tully Flair, Blanchard. Tag, Tully Blanchard. Arn Anderson. Ole Anderson. Those four. Arn and Ole. They're related. Arn and Ole. Arn and Ole. Yep. Not related, okay. by the way. <laughs> and J.J. Okay. Dillon. J.J. Dillon was their manager. Those are the original okay. four horsemen. Plus manager. Yes, plus manager. Yeah, no, it. it's always weird because it's like, wait. Okay, so he meant, so, you know, Nature Boy, right. the four horsemen is the best stable of wrestlers ever, ever, in my opinion. Not that, that not that stable. It was when they brought in Barry Windham. That's when they got even better and they kicked out and only Anderson left. But uh, anyways, 1986, 1986. It's funny because you could have just said anything and I was like, awesome. Well, I thought it was good. It could have been like old man Teddy hit Big John Stud's wife. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm going to make you sit down and watch some old school wrestling with me, by the way. Yeah, I'll do it. Please, I'm not please. opposed. Okay, good. I'm not opposed. <laughs> um, I'm not you know, opposed, 86 no. has come up before because we, we talked about American Anthem. And right. Think, right. Okay. That was the yeah. first introduction yeah. to 86. And oh, yeah. the Challenger explosion. Oh, Chernobyl. Oh, my God. Right? It was all very sad um, stuff. Yes. But Space Station Mir, the Russian space station, launched into space. That was a big deal. Hmm. I mean, I thought it was a big deal. Yeah. It was the largest space station of its kind at the time. I mean. That's cool. I yeah. thought it was. Yeah. It, it is and, a big deal. And then there's another Russian connection. Uh, in 86, I don't even think they have these anymore. It was the, the Goodwill Games were held in Moscow. The first ever Goodwill Games. It was to overcome the political issues surrounding the Olympic events in the 1980s. Um, mm. There were a lot of political issues. Yeah, but it's just you know timely because right now, as the record as we were recording this, the Olympics are taking place in Tokyo. 
Uh, and I thought I'd throw a little Olympic stuff in there for you. It's good. So there it's you good, go. Good. Those are three fun facts from 1986. Uh, there's going to be more on our Patreon exclusive episode of What Does Dustin Know? So please check that out when you get a chance. Um, and like we said before, this is the pre-episode for our upcoming interview with Bill Allen, Crew Jones. So I'm stoked um, about that. Just to recap, there were two space station facts and then a wrestling fact in 86, yes? No. That... No. One space station fact and the Goodwill Games. So two oh, the Goodwill Games. Right. Two okay. sports-related okay. facts. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. Do you want do you want to do you want to do you want another one? No, 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 no. Is not no, good enough just, for you? Just no, I was just just keeping keeping it all straight. Can't get you just uh keeping it all straight cuz to me when I hear Russia, I think Olympics anyway. I, I was connecting them. I don't um, think you of mentioned Russia the Challenger, so my mind was like, "Oh, Challenger, but that was you were referencing the American Anthem episode." Well, so, it, it's just it's interesting yeah. that this came out the same year as American Anthem. And uh that movie, American Anthem, was supposed to be a launching point for Mitch Gaylord. Didn't happen. Nope. Sports movie. This nope. movie was supposed to be a launching point for Bill Allen. Didn't happen. Sports mm. movie. Huh. Hmm. Connection? No, but just... Sports movie, Asics. Yeah. Just, you know, popping it in there. It is interesting. I am glad, though. I am glad that Rad has gotten a new lease on life. And I am glad that movies in general, that people have forgotten about have been brought back into the stratosphere um yep. because there's so many movies in some ways i'm like maybe two dollar late fee needs to do their own have their own um uh, boutique production company to bring out some of these movies that there are movies from the 80s that i love that you can't find anywhere else and i'm like damn we gotta we gotta find a way to get the rights to these things just get, get the rights people. sure that's enough of me that's enough of me blabbing go check out our patreon um yeah guys check it out thanks for listening we've got nothing else to say follow us on social media <laughs> we make our own original content this is i'm gonna be jaded for 30 seconds you know a lot of pages out there will just <laughs> post a photo of like let's say i don't know Corey feldman and then they'll put their logo on it and be like hey uh you know made this or they'll just uh you know crop out a tweet <laughs> And they'll crop out like who actually was the author of it. And then they'll just post that on and be like, Hey, isn't this hilarious? You know, or they just, you know, nobody makes original memes. Well, we're making original things. And yeah. I just feel like original content should be celebrated. So anyway, thank you. That's all. I'm off my fucking milk cart. And, and uh, thank you for listening. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to say too, that's not a knock at anybody that we're, following or friends with on instagram it's it's purely people that we get stumble upon and we're like this is terrible how come this got twelve thousand likes <laughs> it's yeah it's it was well, it's more of the uh the exhaustion of content creation which i think everybody can relate to yeah because in order to keep the train rolling you need to keep the content rolling and what I've said to Zach is that I find that the more hours you put into something the less <laughs> the less it matters. Um, if I don't give a crap and do something in 25 seconds, it, you know, it, it, it doesn't go viral, but it, it reaches the tip top of our engagement. That's why, um, that's why I got yeah. your back and you got mine. And yeah, man, and when, I'm, no, when I, I'm done running a summer camp for five freaking weeks, uh, <laughs> we'll I mean, back in I, the saddle, baby. no, but I, you know, it's just like, the the things that you get passionate about 
that you know people are into also, but it's just like it just doesn't, you know, whether the algorithm doesn't pick it up or whether it's just uh, the nature of whatever it is. But like, anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> I love you. I love you all. I love you. I love you. To quote Richard uh, Horowitz, no. we love you guys. We love you. So check out Bill Allen in two weeks. It's going to be good stuff. Hey guys, this is Bill Allen, a.k.a. Crew Jones, and you are listening to Zach and Dustin on $2 Late Fee. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s. All right, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a four... Is it five-star rating? <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really... Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. If you listen to us on Spotify, that's great too. And you can find us on the internet. (laughs) Don't forget to check out our website at $2LateFee.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at $2LateFeePodcast. We'll see you next time. We did it. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.